2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be, everybody say, in Christ. He is a new creature. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become, everybody say new. Matthew 9 and 16, this is Jesus talking. He said, no man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. And neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Amen. Praise God. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. Amen. You know what that means? I looked up the word. When I think of creature, I always think of like a lizard or a turtle or something. And I studied it. This is what it means. A new creation. You become a new created being. Amen. That's what I want to preach. A new creation. Amen. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord and your voices to the Lord. And ask him to help us right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, prayer warriors, help me pray in the name of Jesus. We need your strength today. Uh, come on, why don't you join up with somebody next to you? It's appropriate. Take them by the hand. Put your hand on them. Let's pray together. God, if there's anything in me that needs to change, I want it to change before I leave this house today. I want to be what you've called me to be. Come on, is there any willing vessels in the room tonight? This morning, I just say, Lord, help me. God, change me. God, make me what I need to be. Hallelujah. Now, in a way of worship, why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach. Everybody say a new creation. Amen. In order to be a new creation, this is going to be uh, very revelatory. Amen. This is what the Bible said. You have to be in Christ. You know what that means? You can't become a new person all by yourself. You know what that means? You can't break old habits all by yourself. That means you can't break chains all by yourself. That means you don't get to decide you want to be somebody new. You got to have the power of God to help you change and become something Man, to be in Christ, it means there is a spiritual union between you and Christ. Y'all get connected up. I mean, y'all ain't people that talk one day a week for 30 minutes or, or 30 seconds, but it's a union. When you're in Christ, wherever he goes, you go. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost going to back me up in this house. <laughs> 
When there's a union wherever he is, you are. And you don't go where he ain't. Man, a union is something powerful. Man, to be in Christ, there's an identification with Christ. How do we identify with Christ? It's easy, with the gospel, with the death and the burial and the resurrection. Amen. How could you participate in the gospel if you never participated in the death? Hallelujah. Everybody say you got to repent. That means you got to turn from what you were. You got to kill the old man, the old flesh. You got to mortify the deeds of the body. Amen. That's how you uh, signify his death. That's how you connect with his death is that you die. You grew up and it's all about me, 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 whatever I, I, I want. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Whatever pleases me, give it to me. But when you die, you ain't like that anymore. Uh, When you die, you say, not my will, but thy will be done. Come on, let's love Jesus right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, you cannot even claim to be connected, to be in Christ without having a, a repentant spirit. Amen. How else do we do it? Therefore, the Bible says we are buried with him. We're not buried with them. We're buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen. You got to get baptized in Jesus' name. To be in Christ, connecting with Christ, you got to be baptized in his name. Somebody said, does it make a difference how you're baptized? Oh, yeah, it does. Because uh, the one I'm talking about is for the remission of your sins. Uh, any other way is just getting wet. Uh, amen. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, your sins are remitted. Your sins are washed away. Amen. Maybe some of y'all never sinned before. Maybe some of y'all were angels when you got here, but I'm kind of happy that my sins have been remitted. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. And if you're going to be in Christ, you got to get that Holy Ghost. You got to die, and then you got to be buried, and you got to do this. There's kind of an order to it. Man, when you start burying people that ain't dead, it's not good. I heard stories about that before. Amen. Don't just rush in wanting to get your sins remitted if you ain't turned. You got to learn how to repent, then you get baptized. Amen. I've seen some people get the Holy Ghost before they were baptized, some after. It don't really matter to me how it happens. But I can tell you, it's got to happen. Because except you're born of the water and of the spirit, you're not going to see it, and you're not going to enter in. Say, what are you talking? I'm not preaching a new doctrine. I'm preaching an ancient doctrine. It's so old that Jesus talked about it. Hey, man, whatever this book says, I want it. 
Amen. We're in an age where they want an easy way. Forget the easy way. I want the right way. We get one chance at this. My pastor's pastor said, uh, this is the dressing room. Welcome to the dressing room. What are you getting ready for? We're getting ready for a marriage supper. Uh, hey, man, this is where we're getting ready. Uh, and if you ain't ready, you ain't going. Uh, hey, you can't get in without the right garment. Uh, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember this Bible said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, new creature. Amen. If you had straight hair, that don't mean your hair gets wavy. Don't mean if you didn't have any hair, you get hair. Don't mean your eyes change color. It ain't that that changes. Maybe you just keep reading. It says, the things. The old. The old. Things. Can y'all say things? The old things pass away, and behold, everything becomes new. It's the things that pass away. Your name ain't gonna change, your age ain't gonna change, you're still gonna be. But when the things change, you change. When old things pass away, uh, they're going to say, hey, that's a new person right there. Uh, Come on, I'm going to help somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When the old attitudes. Ooh, my Lord, is that what I wrote down? When the old attitudes change. When the old gossiping ways change. When your old priorities change. When your old ambitions change. When the principles of your life change. When they change, honey, you change because you are Hallelujah. Everybody say we got to change. When these things change, you, in essence, become a new creation. If you ain't a smart aleck no more, who's the new guy? When you're not a hater anymore, they think, who's this new lady that's saying hi to everybody? Who's this? I didn't think, well... I'm glad I'm preaching what God gave me today. Amen. If you didn't change, you ain't a new creature, my friend. Is this all right? It's got to be. To the one that saw a train drive by. They live at 101 Main Street and they live right beside the train tracks. Seen the train go by. 
That train went about 10 miles and stopped. You know, nowadays they got an engine going that way and one going that way. But if that train went by 10 miles and it just come to a stop, put it in reverse and started backing up and went right by that house, now it's got an engine going that way. You're not going to convince a guy that lives on Main Street that that's a same old train. He's going to say, no, that's a new train. Is this good? That other one was going. Same motor, same bearing, same wheels, same coupler, same electric, same. But you got a new direction. I'm telling you, when people see you turn around. Hallelujah. Boy, I feel like shouting. They're going to say, that's a new man. Praise God. If you would have seen me then. If you would have knew me before Jesus got a hold of me. That ain't the same guy. That ain't. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't hold on to the old stuff. Let it go. That'll keep you from being new. Amen. I want to be a new creation every day. Then the Bible said, no man, including him, putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment. And the rent is made worse. Amen. In the old days, uh, you know... And you got a hole in your pants and you fell down. They had these things called patches. You new boys don't know what a patch is. Explain it to them later. It's a piece of fabric goes over a hole and they mama sewed it on there and you got a patch. The problem with the patch is it's a brand new piece of garment. It's a brand new piece of fabric and it's going to start shrinking like the the thing it's connected to is going to shrink. Praise God. And the Bible said no, no man is going to take a brand new piece. And we did it because we were dumb. No man's going to take a new patch and put it over a hole in an old garment. Because you wash it three times and all of a sudden that new patch, that stronger fabric than the old garment is, when it starts shrinking, it's going to start tearing things worse than it ever tore up before. Getting kind of quiet in here all of a sudden. Amen. Are y'all, y'all getting what I'm talking about? No, nobody puts a patch on, on an old garment because you know it's just going to get worse here in a couple washings. You're going to have a bigger problem than you had in the first. Praise God. I don't want a patch kind of religion either. Amen. There's too many people. Well, I feel Jesus backing me up in this house. I said I don't want a patch when it comes to my walk with God. Amen. I don't want something that'll make me worse. I'll tell you what people do. Instead of desiring to become a new garment, 
They just want to patch up what's damaged right now. And you've seen them, they'll come in the church and they're not saying, God, make me a new creation. They're saying, God, turn the judge's mind. God, change the doctor's report. God, give me a raise. God, send somebody. I'm hungry or this or that. And they're looking for a patch to go on a hole. What you don't realize is uh, next month you're going to need him again for something else. Uh, if you don't ever become a new creation. Uh, but when you say, Lord, uh, make me new. Tell you what a patch will do. Patch will start pulling on you. You get a little bit of Holy Ghost and it covers some things. It ain't just going to sit there. It's going to start pulling on you. It's going to start twisting on you. It's going to mess with your mind. It's going to get in your closet. It's going to get in your refrigerator. It's going to get in your mind and your attitude and your spirit. It's going to start pulling and stretching. And if you ain't ready to be new... If you're not ready to be new, it'll make you more miserable than you was just with the hole in your garment. Well, I don't know. I sure am having fun right now, though. Praise God. We got to get past the Sunday morning patch ministry. We'll shake you till you get a patch. Oh, Lord, they, they say you can get a patch try to quit smoking cigarettes. I don't know. It's going to take more than a patch. It's going to take the power. It's going to take somebody with a made-up mind. It's going to take somebody with an attitude I'm not looking for a little fix. I'm not here to get a few little things corrected and then back out the door. I didn't come to the front row to get fixed so I could go back to the back row. I'm here because I want to be new. No man patches an old garment. Boy, I feel like this. Hallelujah. Man, I need y'all to hang with me for a while. Y'all gonna help me for a while? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen people go almost nuts because all they got was a bunch of patches. And they they think, you know, well, you know, I went Sunday and I got a touch. Thank God for a Sunday morning touch. Thank God for a Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. Man, thank God for every time he's ever helped us. But thank God for the day you got real. Thank God for the day you got real honest. And just said, God... I've messed it up my whole life. 
If you'll take it, fix anything you see. Fix my attitude. Praise God. Change me from the inside out. Change my desires. Change my direction. Amen. If you'll let him just start working on you. All you got to do is surrender to God. My Lord, this thing is simple. It's the people that hold back. The fire gets real hot. They may pray for a minute. and then, No, don't pray for me. My Lord, I want people to pray for me. Amen. There's something wrong. Something bothering. Well, I feel like I pushed up against something. Maybe I just put in part for a little bit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, neither do men put new wine into old bottles. That means skins, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope y'all just let me preach a little while. I want want to help somebody. Can I just talk to you a little while? Amen. I'll be good, I promise. Before I explain this parable, I want to talk to you about wine. Amen. There's 11 different Hebrew words or variations of the word. There's four different Greek words or variations of that Greek word that mean or translated in the English word wine in the Bible. So you kind of got to know what you're reading to understand what the Bible's talking about. The word wine in the Bible has a much broader definition than in our Western culture definition. If you ask somebody on the street what is wine, they say, well, it's a, something they take grapes and they distill it and it comes up to a certain percent of alcohol and then you, you have to buy it and you got to have a card and it's 21 and that's the definition. Amen. That's a definition. Amen. But the Bible uses a lot more definitions for a lot more reasons than what maybe our culture kind of understands. So when you study the Bible, you need to learn how to uh, study words. I mean, the, the little secret is that our Bible was written in a different language than your language. And then it was translated into a different language than our language. Amen. The old English probably ain't even English, I don't think. Amen. It was that language I had to learn when I started reading the Bible. What on earth is Thou shalt. I never heard that in my life. I mean, I heard I'm fixing to kick your tail if you don't go get this. But I never heard thou shalt. He putteth and he, I thought, what is all this? So there was just a lot of stuff I had to learn. Amen. But even before it was that, it was written in another language. And those people were trying to understand another. And so you got to be like a detective. Amen. I know. I know y'all love all those escape rooms and 
to play Clue and all this stuff. Amen. When you read the Bible, you got to be a detective too. Why would God want you to be a detective? Uh, maybe the same reason he said don't cast your pearl before the swine. Amen. If people don't want it and don't value it and don't understand it, amen, he hides things in a field and people that understand, get an understanding what the field is and the value of what's in the field and I'm going to look for it and I'm going to... He's not going to let just some old heathen that ain't going to love it and appreciate it. God makes people look for stuff. Y'all going to help me preach for a little while? So let me preach. Before I preach about no man putteth new wine into old bottles. Let me preach about wine for a little bit. Amen. The juice. Everybody say the juice. The juice of the grape was called wine while it was still in the grape on the vine, according to the Bible. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, the Bible said, But ye gather ye wine and summer fruits and oil, and put them in your vessels and dwell in your cities that ye have taken. God's telling them in Jeremiah, you're going to go out and you're going to gather summer fruits, you're going to gather wine, and you're going to gather oil. Now, I've been through a lot of vineyards, and I've never seen a wine bottle hanging on a vineyard. So according to the broad definition in the Bible, the juice that was still in the grape is called wine. Isaiah 65 and 8. I'm going I'm to broaden your, your education base today. Isaiah 65 and 8. Thus saith the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. You know what that means? Yahweh. That means the tetragrammaton. That means what we would call Yehovah or Jehovah or whatever you want to call it. The God of the Old Testament said... As the new wine is found in the cluster. Yahweh is saying it's wine while it's still in the cluster. Amen. Don't don't let our definitions mess up God's definition. Amen. We ought to adapt to him instead of him to us. Can I preach a little while? Amen. It's new wine, the Bible said, when it's found in the cluster. Amen. It was called wine when they were smashing it with their feet after they collected it. They put it in the wine presses. Kind of gross to me, but they take their shoes off, start squishing it between their toes. Because human feet are perfect for smashing grapes. They're not big enough to smash the seed, and, but they're just enough to... Amen. You know why they had foot washing so often. Amen. Come here, bro. You're, you're working in town at the wine press. Yeah, I need you to come to the house first. I'm fixing to wash your feet, and then I'm going to carry you to work. Amen. Amen. So, well, hallelujah. Proverbs 3 and 2, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses. Everybody say, thy presses shall burst out with new wine. 
He called it wine when it was in the cluster. He called it wine when it was being smashed. Help me, Jesus. In quiet and tight and right. That's why I'm just staying in the word right now. It was called wine when it was in the bottles and the vats before and during the fermentation process. No man puts new wine, that's talking about fresh, into old bottles. Because it will burst it. What burst it? It's the fermentation process that would burst it. So we know it wasn't fermented before they put it in it. But that's another story and we'll talk about that after a while. It was called wine in the bottles, which was skins, and the vats before, in the middle, during, after. It was called wine. When it was in the grape, it was wine. When it was being smashed, it was wine. When it was in the process, it was called wine. When they were drinking it, it was wine. It was wine. The fruit juice of the vine was called wine in all phases. But nowhere in the Bible does it condone drunkenness. Nowhere in the Bible does it say drunkenness is good. How do you get drunk? You drink something. Firm it. <laughs> well, is this okay? If it ain't, it's, it's, it's good because I'm going to get through this. The distilling process where they heat and cool and do all that stuff like they do nowadays, it was not even invented at that time. It was a natural fermentation. Well, I feel like a science teacher all of a sudden. Amen. Hope you can pass the pop quiz when we're done. It was a natural fermentation on a grape. There is natural yeast that is on the skin of a grape. If you take that grape and you squeeze it all together, that grape is going to begin to ferment. But if you don't know how to distill it, the process is very, very short. Because by the time it begins to ferment and some alcohol begins to be produced, the alcohol eats all the sugar, then the fermentation shuts down. So even in primitive Bible days, wine that was fermented would what you would have called a very light fermentation. And on top of that, if they felt like it would have caused them to become intoxicated, they would take water and mix it in that wine to dilute it to keep them from violating the word of God. Well, I feel like shouting. I hope. Hallelujah. Let me just say that nothing good in my Bible, nothing good in my life, nothing good in anybody's life that I know ever came from drinking fermented wine. I can't think of one good thing that happened because somebody got drunk. Well, hallelujah. We know that Noah drank fermented wine. Hallelujah. Oh, brother Noah, he got drunk. But guess what? It split up his family too. Well, I didn't think anybody jump. I didn't think anybody run. But it's a every now and then just go like Noah got drunk and it split up his family. What was he drinking? Fermenting wine. Lot got drunk and caused perversion in his own home. Praise God. 
Lot drank it and it caused two nations to arise that were the enemies of the children of Israel their whole life. Hey man, I've never seen anything good happen. Maybe I'll look this way and preach a while. Can I get my notes and turn around? Praise God. I'm playing. It doesn't happen good. So who's it for? I'm glad you would ask. Proverbs tell us what happens to those that drink fermented wine. He said, who hath woe? Question mark. Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who's fighting? Who hath babbling? Who can't shut their mouth? Who hath wounds without cause? Who's in jail and they didn't really have to go to jail? Who's in trouble and divorce they really didn't have to be? He's asking the question, who has problems without a cause? Who hath redness of eyes? Then the answer, they that tarry long at the wine. And they that go to seek mixed wine. And one strong enough for them, they go find some older. Praise God. I mean, this is good. I'm having a lot of fun right now. Leviticus, the 10th chapter, and the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not, everybody say, Do not. Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle. Where was he talking about? When you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. And that ye may put difference between holy and unholy. And between unclean and clean. God has given a word to the priest saying, Do not take wine or strong drink into that tabernacle. Or you're going to die. Why, why are you doing this, God? Because I'm making a separation between the holy and the unholy. I'm making a separation between the clean and the unclean. Some people will say, you know what? In the Old Testament, there was a lot of things that were unclean. And you get to the New Testament, all of a sudden they become clean. Yeah, and they are very much documented also, uh, But never one time did God take the unholy and say, oh, yeah, it's holy now. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you want to go to the New Testament, uh, amen, the Bible says, uh, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost, uh, and whoever destroys the temple... tell you, you have become the New Testament tabernacle if you got the Holy Ghost. If you let it all spill out, I'm talking to other people right now. But if you got the Holy Ghost, you are the New Testament 
temple of God and he dwells inside of you and he's still dividing the holy from the unholy. Come on, somebody praise God in this house. Hallelujah. Well, that was for the priest. Praise God. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The man with the keys to the kingdom said, now you are the priesthood. Amen. When you got the Holy Ghost, uh, you're not only the temple, but you're the priesthood also. And you're not just a priesthood, you're royalty. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Why does it matter? I'm a holy nation. If God said, I'm going to divide the holy from the unholy. And he said, but I want you to be a holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into light. When you take a stand against the world and the entertainment of the world, you're showing the world, I come out of darkness into this marvelous light. Hey, we... Proverbs 31. Praise God. I'm sure having fun right now. The Bible said it is not for kings. Everybody say not for kings. Remember what I just read to you? You're a royal. You're kind of like a hybrid of royalty and priest. You're a royal priest. Proverbs, he said, it is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. Nor for princes Strong drink. Why? Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Let me tell you a good reason to not drink fermented anything. Let me just say it like this. You you shouldn't take anything that messes up your mind so bad you don't know who you are. I don't care if the doctor prescribed it uh, or you... You ought to know who you are, what you are, what you stand for. You're a one God apostolic, tongue-talking, holy roller. That's who we are. He said, if you do it, you're going to pervert the judgment. of the, You're going to forget the law. talking about the wisest man that ever lived said don't let anything mess up your mind don't let well don't you know I had an injury back in 1947 well I understand that and I understand people taking things so they don't hurt so bad but if you take it to the point you don't know who you are you'll forget the law if you don't know who you are you won't know what to do either 
Well, it's getting quiet in here, but this sure is good. Maybe we'll shout tonight. But the Bible said, give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish. And wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him, talking about those out there, drink and forget his poverty. And remember his misery no more. The Bible is saying royalty, the people of God, the royal priesthood, we're not like those people out there. He's saying you let them get wasted. You keep your senses. I don't even know why I'm preaching this, but I'm having fun. Amen. He said you let them out there that are going to perish anyway. The ones that don't want God anyway, you let them mess up their life. Uh, But not you. Uh, You are different. Uh, You are bought with a price. Uh, You're the people of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm getting within the last few pages of being done. Praise God. In the New Testament, John the Baptist did not drink wine or strong drink. And obviously the New Testament church was getting away from wine because Paul was writing to Timothy. He said, hey man, if you're having stomach problems, go ahead and take a little bit of it. Which means he had already abstained from it. He was a preacher in the New Testament church. Amen. You, you, when you read the Bible, you got to let things click in your mind. Amen. Some people say, well, you can drink wine because Paul told Timothy to drink wine. Let me just tell you something. Amen. Paul was telling Timothy, I want, if your stomach's messing with you, this is a good medication. Amen. But even when I began to study about the medication, amen, wine don't even fix your stomach. But I began to read the Journal of American Medicine. And it said the best thing you could ever take for an upset stomach is fresh grape juice. Right off the vine, just squeezing tree. It's got so many gut microbes in it, it'll make you feel so much better. Well, he said wine. Yeah, but God said it was wine when it was in the cluster. I don't know, I don't know what he told him to drink. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Uh, whatever it was, it was a medicine. Uh, amen. I, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, if it wasn't for Pentecost, NyQuil would probably be out of business anyway. Not telling people to don't take medicine. Amen. I'm not that guy. But I'm telling you, Paul was not telling Timothy to go down to the dock and just get drunk a little while if you're feeling bad or you're having nerve problems. He said, if you're having a medical issue. I hope nobody ever says, well, I can drink because the Bible said I can drink. Let me preach. Let me teach. Amen. Let let me preach what I come to preach about. Ephesians 5 and 18. This is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the capital S, Holy Spirit. What what are you talking about, Paul? You ain't got to drink wine no more. We got a new wine for the new church. It's called the Holy Ghost. You don't have to do what you used to do. You don't have to act how you used to act. Boy, 
I feel like shouting right now. Hallelujah. Everybody say it's the new wine. We got a substitute now. We got options. We got the Holy Ghost. It's the peace that passeth all understanding. Why are they drinking wine out there? They want peace. Why are we shouting and speaking in tongues? Because we love the peace of God. Hey, man. The Bible said this Holy Ghost is the refreshing. Everybody say the refreshing. Everybody say the comforter. Counselor. It's the peace. It's life. It's joy. It's everything. Paul's saying you ain't got to do that. The Holy Ghost is poured out. All the wine drinkers. They knew what a drunk person looked like. A wino knows a wino. All the homeless people downtown know each other. That's why if you give them money one time, they're going to track you down. Every one of them. A wino knows them. Standing there, the Holy Ghost is poured out on all 120 in the upper room. Telling you, the greatest day in your life is when you get the Holy Ghost. In. I'm not talking about the denominal world, Holy Ghost. Poof. You accepted Christ. Poof. Don't you feel different? No, I don't. I'm talking about the book of Acts, Holy Ghost. When they got it. They were changed. They were different. I don't know what they were doing, but I've seen a lot of people get the Holy Ghost. Some of them jump up and down. Some of them fall down. Some of them just sit there and cry. They all hug everybody. Some of them roll. I don't know. In the old days, they used to run the tops of the pews. That's why I quit. I I didn't bolt these down to make sure nobody tried that. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) But they all did something different off the drawing board of their own heart. They responded to the Spirit in a different way. But whatever those people outside were seeing, it looked like a bunch of drunks. Because they began to mock them and say they're full of new wine. And the man with the keys of the kingdom said, well, they're not drunk like you think they're drunk. He used the old English and said, they're not drunk as you suppose. In the south we say, ain't like you think. It's different. They got a hold of something different. Whatever they got a hold of. It made them love everybody. It made them change their life. Amen. And Paul's writing to the church said, you don't get drunk with wine. That's excess. If you read it, that means it's wasteful. It's, it's unsaving. It's, it's all them words. He said, That's, don't do that. Be filled with the Spirit. See, the more the Spirit that you get, the more like a drunk you look. <laughs> the more Holy Ghost you get inside of you, the more anointing of God, the less you care about what people think around you. Drunks don't care what people think about them. They just, 
do what they gonna do. Amen, if you're worried about everything, you ain't drank enough yet. If you're worried about somebody talking about you or teasing you, you need to get another drink from the fountain. Hey. Hallelujah. Amen, it's wonderful. It's so good. Amen. Spirit of God. It's the greatest mood stabilizer I've ever seen. I was talking to a lady one time. I was telling her about the Holy Ghost. And she said, I spoke in tongues at some conference or something. And she said, I want to tell you, I come out of the drug world. And she said, there ain't no high like the most high. <laughs> I, said, I said, man, I like that. There's nothing like the feeling of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like knowing you're in alignment with the will of God. There's nothing like knowing you're ready to meet God. Amen. There's nothing even compares. But here's the problem. And I'm on the last page. Everybody clap. He's on the last page. Hallelujah. Here's the problem, though, about the Holy Ghost. It says, but neither do men put new wine into old bottles. Else the bottles break. And the wine runneth out. And the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles. And both are preserved. The bottle has to become a new creation. Or the spirit will tear it apart. Say when you put that fresh grape juice in old skins, like canteens is kind of like it was. You put fresh juice in there and it begins to ferment. And those bubbles just explode. I'm saying, if you want the Holy Ghost to stay inside of you, praise God. Nobody drops a pen and scares everybody. If you want it, you got to become a new creature. Say, well, I, I got it. I believe in that once saved, always saved. Well, I guess you don't believe in the Bible then. This Bible said if you put it in there and that skin ain't new, it's going to be lost. Well, I spoke in tongues back in 1944. You might want to make sure there ain't a break. You might want to do it again. Because if you don't change the... the I'm telling you, the Spirit of God don't play games. It ain't going, there's no fellowship with light and dark. They ain't going to hang out together. You either got to change or it's going to go. Amen. You know what I made up my mind? I'm going to change. If I see something, 
in my life that needs to change. I don't care if I've been told my whole life, do it like this. If that book shows me something different, it's got to change. Amen. God deals with my spirit. God says you shouldn't have acted like that. God says you shouldn't have treated him like God. Come on, let's praise God. Stand together with me. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, why don't we pray for a few moments. In the name of Jesus Christ. Make us new. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Confirm your word to people in this room. God, stir people up in this room. Come on, why don't everybody, anybody can come around this front. Let's pray together. Amen. Come on, I want your spirit to be preserved. I want your life to be preserved. Hallelujah. Come on, in the name that is above every name. God, make me new. God, let old things pass away. Oh, I want to become something new. I want to be pleasing in your sight, God. I want to walk humbly before you. I need you. I need you. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on, as many as can come around the front. Come on, the Holy Ghost is going to fall on people. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let the Holy Ghost come upon you right now. Come on, everybody in the room, just begin to yield to the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God, Rasa. Jesus, 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 come on, pray, make me new, God. Oh, come on, the Holy Ghost is going to fall on somebody. Oh, hallelujah. 